0: Town of Tribulation and straight on to Daring Do. Chapter 11. A loud cheer went up from the pier head as a tall mast moved alongside the wall. Bob and I ran to join the crowd, watching as two of the crew from the lifeboat steered the IT's mine round to the jetty and tied up. "'Not enough water to bring her into the lock yet,' came a familiar voice from behind us. "'I never thought they'd be able to get her upright again, "'which goes to prove that I still have a lot to learn about this water,' O nodded in disbelief. "'Captain O'Donnell!' "'The coxswain of the lifeboat had left his crew to secure the yacht "'and was walking towards us, his hand outstretched. "'I would like to shake the hand of the finest sailor I've ever seen.' Bilio thanked him, although he pointed out that no sailing had actually been involved. No sailing, but plenty of seamanship, said the coxswain. I would consider it a great honour if you would allow me to buy you a tot of rum. As we followed them back into the clubhouse, I was concerned that Billio seemed to have lost his fear of the chief steward. The bar was full and a rousing three cheers went up as we stepped inside. The owners of the stricken yacht looked much happier now, having been provided with several cups of tea by Grandma. Dotty was sitting on the woman's lap and allowing herself to be stroked and fussed. "'I'm sorry that I was rude to you out there,' the owner of the IT's mine seized Billy O's hand and shook it so hard that I thought it might fall off. "'To be honest, we were both delighted to see you arrive. "'I don't think either of us realised how much danger we were in "'until we looked back at our boat from the harbour wall.' He explained that they had been heading for sharpness, but had misjudged their timings, and while trying to find enough water to stay afloat in the narrow channels, had ran aground.' "'Time and tide wait for no man,' said Billy O. wisely. "'And not many women either,' added Grandma. "'And it's time I took these children home.' "'I was sorry to leave the club, as it had become alive "'with old sailors and young sailors swapping stories "'of the times they had waited for the tide while sitting on a sandbank. "'Tales of high seas and low water grew with the telling "'so that three-foot waves became as high as a house.' Grandma said that it was too late for Bob to ride home, so she suggested that he loaded his bicycle into the back of the Land Rover and she would give him a lift. When we arrived at his house, Grandma said that it would probably be a good idea if she talked to his mother about what had happened. I watched as Bob disappeared round the side of the house with his bicycle while Grandma stood on the doorstep telling his mother about the evening's adventures. When she returned to the car, she was smiling broadly. That's sorted, then, she said. I thought that she was pleased that she'd been able to explain everything to Bob's mother without her getting cross with him for being so late. I was later to find out that the rescue was not the only thing they'd been talking about. I was feeling sleepy now and snuggled into the car seat, lulled by the purr of the engine, until I was shaken awake as we rattled over the potholes in the lane that led to Grey Malkin Cottage. Later, when she came into my room to say good night, I said sleepily, Grandma, I think we went to Derringdo tonight. Did you like it there, she asked. I gave no answer, because I was already dreaming of adventures on the high seas. I woke next morning to the sound of Grandma's voice in the next room. She's still asleep, she said. It was exhausting for all of us. I gradually became aware that she was on the phone to someone and guessed it must be Ma because she finished with, so it's all sorted, we'll see you at one o'clock. I started to doze off again and then realised that today was Friday and we usually arrived at my house at midday. I looked at my watch and saw that it was almost 10.30. My grandmother appeared in the doorway of my bedroom, alerted by banging and clattering as I opened drawers and cupboards, laying out what I would wear and then changing my mind. I almost ran into her on the way to the bathroom. Hold your horses, she said. Where's the fire? She said there was no need to hurry as we were setting out slightly later today so that I could have a rest after last night's adventure. Besides, she said, "'you might want to watch this.' She took me into her bedroom and turned on a small television set in the corner of the room. A voice announced, "'Here is the local news. "'Last night, two people were rescued from a yacht that had run aground in the River Severn. "'I watched in amazement as mobile phone videos of the rescue "'and an interview with the lifeboat coxswain were shown.' Close your mouth, dear, it's not a pretty sight, said Grandma. I clamped my jaw shut as I heard the coxswain say that it was the most impressive bit of seamanship he had ever seen. The owner of the yacht was interviewed next. He was smartly dressed in a suit and tie and the words Ian Tompkins, director of the Information Technology Mine, appeared on the bottom of the screen. And I suddenly understood why his boat had such an unusual name. "'He spoke about how grateful he was for the assistance that had been given, "'especially from Captain William O'Donnell and his crew. "'The news item finished with a still photograph of the four of us "'in front of the safety boat with the Queen of Sheba on the prow. "'It was an image I was to see many times that day. "'There was hardly enough room for us to eat our breakfast "'as the kitchen table was piled high with newspapers, "'all containing the same photograph.' The news agent will be able to retire if we carry on like this, said Grandma. The photograph we had just seen on the television was on the front cover of the clarion, as well as inside many of the national papers. She had ordered extra copies for Ma and Aunt Hattie, of course, and for my log. Before we left the house, we packed them all into the car. I was glad that we had taken so many, because Ma wanted to know everything and ask question after question, so it took "'twice as long to tell her about the rescue than it had actually taken. "'We looked at all the photographs in the newspapers "'and read each report at least twice. "'Finally satisfied that she had the whole story clear in her head, "'she declared that she was very proud of her mother and of her daughter. "'While I went through the whole story again with Aunt Hattie, "'Ma and Grandma went into the garden, "'where they seemed to be deep in conversation.' I'd reached the point in my log where the coxswain offered Billy a tot of rum when they came in and said that they had a special announcement to make. Ma began, "'On Saturday there is a rally at Portishead Marina. "'There will be music and stalls and boats of all shapes and sizes will visit. "'Would you like to go?' "'Oh, yes, please,' I said, not needing to be asked twice. "'Will we go in Grandma's car?' Grandma continued. No, in fact, we will not go in a car at all. I struggled to understand what she could mean, but hoped that we would not have to walk there. The only walking involved will be to and fro on the deck, she said. She explained that O's great-nephew, Alex, was home from university and was an excellent sailor, having been trained from an early age by Captain O'Donnell himself. Bob will be coming with us too, she added. I realised that her long conversation with his mother on the night of the rescue must have been about this. I could not believe that my dream of sailing was about to come true. (music)